Welcome to Three R Sports with Raj and the newly returning Robbie after a week's absence. Hey, I, I just want to say thank. I know I haven't been on this job very long, but thanks for proving my vacation. Yeah, hey, your vacation was approved, and we just got errors and outgoing, so I don't know where that was out, but one of our signs or our, our normal spots will not be getting a feed. Just let me make sure it's on Facebook Live. That's the number one uh, place we got to get it to going, but welcome back, guys. It's been kind of a, a crazy week in sports. It was a good sports weekend. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Kind of drama played out, a lot of excitement. And um, overall, Robbie, you've got two weeks you've been away. How do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about the last week in sports? I'll tell you what, it was, God, especially this Thursday through Sunday, talk about action packed. Um, I, I just got back from Florida. We drove Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much stuff going on, including the the half Ironman here in Chattanooga. Um, I wanted to go out to a sports bar. haven't gotten myself to that level yet. Um, but it, it, it is definitely the most tempted I've been uh, to get out and uh, drink with a bunch of strangers. But, God, you had the Masters. Well, one, under the radar event Sunday – NASCAR on a road course in the rain was so entertaining. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Masters uh, talk. So this this was my missed out Homer parlay. Uh, Padres won, hmm. uh, Braves won, Hawks won, Grizzlies won, Predators Dodgers won, won, and uh, there was one other six team that won. But it was it was all the teams I was watching. The Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers won. The Dodgers yeah. won. But yeah, it was just like of all the times for me not to be recklessly gambling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, it was a great weekend. Strangely enough, you know, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but I got intrigued with that road course rain and yeah. the fact that they were going 140 miles an hour in the rain down a front stretch. I really got into the race. Uh, so I, I'm with you, and I'm not a NASCAR guy. Yeah. But I think well, the rain added to it. Well, Chase Elliott was racing without his wiper on. He was just going for it, and it was it was wild. It's it's almost like uh, PGA the PGA Championship. Seeing those guys struggle is fun because you're so used to it yeah. them being so good at it. Um, yep. Seeing some struggle is just fun. I didn't even think they had wipers because wouldn't that increase the drag coefficient? I mean, they're going so fast, water's not going to stick on the windshield. Yeah, well, I, honestly, I had no idea they had wipers on those things. Well, so this I, was a special race. So usually if it rains, they, they call it. So they had rain tires and they put the wipers. So Penn, I, I'm about to lose all of our viewers real quick with this nerdy NASCAR breakdown. <laughs> but Penske drivers, they did it on – just one side, the driver's side, the wiper. Some of them did in the middle, and then those drivers were having problems seeing out of the corner. So it, this was a like a, it, it, it's new this year that they're doing it. Maybe they did it last year, but um, yeah, it's relatively new to NASCAR. Nerd alert! Yeah, Mister Mister Bean does the same thing. I remember that. <laughs> well, I mean, in F one for years they've drove they've drove driven in the rain. So I. Being an uh, indie guy, F1 guy, I really enjoyed seeing it. Rod, what was your highlight of the sporting weekend? 
Well, it definitely wasn't the Lakers. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. I'm not a huge golf guy, but you couldn't help but watch what Mickelson did. Um, I'm biased, so I'm going to go with the Dodgers. It's nice to get back on track. They're without two potential MVP candidates, and they swept the Giants, who were in first place, uh, or the Nats, as I call them. That was big, but Giants haven't really played anybody, so the Dodgers showed them what's up, even without two of their MVP candidates. So that was quite nice. It was sort of a validation. So a bonus question we didn't talk to about. Do you not love the Albert Pujols signing? I, I mean, uh, he's 42 years old and can't get his weight on the right side of the plate, but left-handed, he's still hitting 280. Uh, multiple home runs, and Mike Mincy's struggle with left-handed pitcher. They have a super platoon now at first base. Yeah, um, you know, with, with so Zach McKinstry is a rookie who fills. He's, he's like Kike Hernandez, who left fills like eight roles, especially in the infield. Corey Seager's out, so they had to move Lux to shortstop and Muncy who finally did catch fire to second, but they really didn't have an everyday first baseman. Um, it's no secret Pujols signed with the Dodgers because it was kind of an FU to, to Anaheim or the Angels of wherever they're from. Um, he, Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, hates the Dodgers. They're the big brother, just like the Clippers feel about the Lakers. Um, also in the NL, you know, even though I think Pujols respects the Cardinals quite a bit. It would be a, a nice, you know what, burger to feed them if he could get there. Um, I, I've heard in the clubhouse he's amazing. You know, he's already gone yard. He's a quality first baseman. I can't believe he's like 48, but it, it was an awesome signing. I mean, I would have paid him just for the clubhouse presence. And now they, they get him for the year for a little over a half million, and he still makes $22 million from the uh... – the Angels are paying his salary, which makes it sweeter. So let's break down the weekend. Let's start with exactly what we kind of broke up, uh, led with. Phil Mickelson comes at 50, hooray for the old guys, comes in as I think he was plus 1,800 or better to the weekend of the PGA, off the leader, you know, not in sight and walks away the PGA champion. Robbie, first of all, let's talk about this from a historical perspective. The only thing I could come up with was Jack Nicholson winning the Masters in 1986. I think he was approaching 50, was not 50 at the time. 46. 46. Mm -hmm. Is this the biggest major win by plus 40 golfer and golf history. Yes, I, I think so. And, I, and Jack winning the Masters, the Masters always has its allure and its significance and its its place in golf. So that Jack and the Masters, that combination is tough to beat. But this is 50. This These, these aren't Jack Nicholas's golfers that they're – playing these guys are young they bomb it there's technology they practice all the time this is a great loaded time for golfers and to get out there at 50 and i mean he beat them 
bad and on a very hard course. And what what impressed me so much is um, I like Phil, and he did it all. Like he he was Phil Mickelson. He birdie, then bogey. He'd get in trouble, then chip out. I mean, oh, my, talk about a magical person with a chip. Like he a wedge, a sand wedge, that got that loft wedge. It, it was. It was like throwing darts out there and where everybody struggled. He, he kept it together, played well. And, I mean, I think everyone, when he was paired with Kepka, thought Kepka's going to just run through him. Uh, he's going to tie down. He didn't. And so, yeah, historical. I mean, it is historic. He's the oldest. And, um, I mean, who's going to – I mean, you should be playing on the senior tour by now. I mean, how many chances does somebody – at 51 gonna even have to even be in the weekend of a major much less have the lead and win it so i would expect this record's gonna stand for quite some time rog does this put him in the conversation with tiger and let me let me add a little something to it everybody knows tiger's numbers and majors but this was his sixth major win to go along with finishing second in the U.S. Open six times. So he's been one or two 12 times in a major event. Does this era quietly become Tiger and lefty, or is Tiger still just dominate the news to the level that lefty is almost an afterthought to this era? It's tough to say. I mean, Phil Mickelson is iconic, you know, before him, though, with Tiger, it was David Duval who literally fell off the face of the earth. Trying to uh, take, chase Tiger. I really fell that way. Exactly. Watching David Duval, and, I felt like he tried to chase Tiger into obscurity. Well, there was also their one-on-one -on -one contest on ABC, like, you know, trying to make it almost just like baseball or basketball, like almost like right. a team sport. Um you know, I'll always think of Mickelson with, with Tiger, but just because Mickelson is so iconic, you know, to answer your question about uh, Nicholas being 46 and Mickelson being 50, I mean, Mickelson talks about, you know, 50 today is not 46 in 1986. Mickelson does, you know, fasting diets and whatnot. He works out despite appearances. I, I don't think Nicholas did the same exact thing. I mean, he was just doing 12 ounce curls. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so hard to compare eras. So I choose not to, because it, it's a different world. I mean, look at the competition today that Mickelson's facing dudes bomb it, you know, 400 yards. And, you know, it wasn't like that in 1986. I mean, Tom Kite finished second and he looks like my accountant uh, to Greg Norman. So along with the shark, I mean, why compare? It does a disservice. But I was very impressed. I think it was his first major since like 2013 or something. I may be wrong on that. Um, but I love watching Phil. You know, I'm not a huge golf guy, but I love watching dude because he reminds me of like everyday guy. He gets pissed when I would get pissed. He's nice when I would be nice. You know, he he's a dude, man. I, I I'd love to hang out with him. Robbie, what do you think? Same question, line of question. Where is Lefty's place in golf history? And I've thought about this, and I've heard some people talk about it. And the thing I keep hearing that I disagree with, they say, much like Michael Jordan stopped people from winning a lot more 
Tiger stopped Phil from winning, but that's just not accurate because t- Phil never finished, to my recollection, second, third, top five, a, a, a major Tiger one. I mean, they were both great in the same time frame, but I don't recall them ever being head to head. Maybe paired up once on a, on a on a Sunday at a major. So I don't think Tiger stopped Phil. You know, it's hard to rank Phil in the top ten to me, just because Kepka's got four already, and you know Phil's got six. I would assume Kepka's going to pass him. I'd assume. Rory's going to pass him. It's it's almost like the the golf is is, is kind of like the tennis debate. You have Federer, Nadal, uh, Djokovic. Like they they're all right there, and they're going to keep passing each other. I just I was looking at the majors. You have Jack, Tiger, Walter Hagen, Hogan, Player, Watson, Barden, Bobby Jones, Sars and Snead, Palmer, Trevino, Faldo. Then you get to Mickelson. So. I think he is paired with Tiger for TV. Uh, I think that that's – it's always been Phil and Tiger because they're the rating ratings drawer. And Phil – Why is he a ratings drawer, though? I mean, even if he's not second, they put him together. Why? Because, well, one, people love him. Uh, he is your 10 cup of the, of the golf. He goes for it. He makes mistakes. He will play dumb at times, and we can all relate to that. If it's layup or go for it, you and I play on the weekends. You guys know what we're doing. We're going for it. Um, and so there's always been that charm to him. And I think he was the only left-handed player or one of the two for the longest time. And everybody you, – you saw him. When he stepped up to, to on TV, you knew it was him. Yeah, he's iconic. I mean, yeah. I don't know about top ten golfers of all time. I can't quite say, but, I mean – in terms of top 10 iconic golfers of all time, you know, there's about five or six I think of, and he doesn't have a drink named after him with iced tea and lemonade, but uh, he should. One last question about golf, and this is strictly from a marketing edge. The numbers came back in with an improvement with Lefty winning the tournament. Do you, is the new group of golfers, and you talked about some of them, Robbie, and they're great and they're individuals. And there's a good, I mean, there's a great group of young golfers up there, but none of them are unique. They blend together a little bit for me. Does golf need a unique personality? A John Daly, a Phil Mickerson, someone, even a Payne Stewart before he died, someone that just puts eyes on the product the one I always think about in tennis, John McEnroe didn't win as much as we all think he did, mm-hmm. but that attitude put eyes on the game. Does golf need a bad boy or a poster child right now? I think it needs – so the thing with these guys now, they all get paid tremendously well, all private jets. They're together. These guys are buddies, um, and so – when Ty, what made Tiger so great was he was not into in his younger days was not into being friends. He was not into hanging out with these guys. He was into winning, and that's all he wanted to do. Maybe Kepka's the most like that now, but I think uh, or DeChambeau, like he seems to be a little odd, and he may be the villain that we need. 
to keep the next generation of people interested. But you look at Rory and Spieth and DJ and uh, Justin Thomas, they're all friends and they, they all wait around to congratulate each other, which is good sportsmanship, but not necessarily good drama. And, and I don't think we necessarily got that from Tiger and David Duvall or Tiger and Davis Love. Um, so that's a good point. To, um, one last question, because I do love golf. I love TV golf, and I'm not a golfer. Outside of NFL, Major League Baseball, I think golf is in my next mix with NHL with NASCAR occasionally, where is PGA in your viewing ranking? Just both of you real quick. Go ahead, Raj. I mean, I'm different than Rob in the sense that for me, it's event motivated. It is player motivated, which means I'm not a true golfer. My father-in-law sits and watches golf TV on Tuesday, like the, pre-trial trial prelims i'm like oh hell no mm -hmm. um you know but it's still good entertainment it's a game that i appreciate i have a age-old debate with friends is it a skilled activity or a sport um nowadays based on the dudes it sure as hell looks like a sport but i know it's hard as hell and that's all that matters um it's not in anywhere near team sports for me but i certainly have an appreciation I mean, those guys are just i mean they're monsters. It's crazy. And we're talking about professional sports only, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, NFL, obviously. I think NASCAR's gotten number two to me. Um, and then probably golf may i mean i guess if you the playoffs or or i mean the majors are essentially the playoffs so to only watch the playoffs um i think any given year you could you could rotate um the nba and and golf for me as being the third most that i watch and then nba and then, then nhl but now i like i like going to the hockey games a lot better but as far as watching i don't watch regular season random hockey teams no. Well, that may be the greatest lead-in I ever get to the next question. <laughs> I am not an NBA guy, and I'm trying to be an NBA guy. And I feel like I'm obligated to this audience as we the show grows and we get more viewers to have a better understanding of NBA. I made an effort to get into the NBA playoffs to understand what's going on with the NBA playoffs. Is NBA early season playoff basketball, is this playoff play-in, is it better? Rod, you're a huge NBA fan. At what point does it grip you during the playoffs? And you're right there. It's a great question. Uh, you know, the, the plan is sort of a response to the pandemic. I don't like it. Uh, you know, growing up, the playoffs was the biggest thing in the world. Right now, the Lakers are playing Phoenix. I loathed Phoenix when I was in high school. Um, you know, Barkley and Kevin Johnson, just don't get me started. Now, you know, with 
we lost a lot of iconic players and I understand that iconic is subjective, but you know, with these super teams and whatnot, and I'm a Laker fan, we have a super team, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm on the East coast now and it's hard for me to stay up till one but growing up, I never missed a game. Um, if you know, they're going to make the playoffs, even though this year they had a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as jazz for the regular season. I'll still, no pun intended for Utah. Uh, I still watch some of it just because I love basketball, but you know the playoffs are. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem quite real during the pandemic, even though my Lakers won a championship under the most strenuous circumstances ever, which was the bubble last year. You know, I'm a Hawks fan, and I watched them beat the Knicks the other night, but mm-hmm. that might be the only playoff basketball I've watched so far. That game Robbie, was sweet. Robbie, when do you get into it? And is it that we're – you and I grew up in very similar areas, a little bit apart, that we weren't exposed to this level of NBA growing up? Um, yeah, so this so the play-in tournament is one of those things that I thought was a stupid idea. It was a gimmick. It's just wasting time. I, I found it interesting. I liked it. I, I thought it's been entertaining. So I have flipped 180 on it. I, I like it. Good job, Adam Silver. Um, I yeah, Randall. We did grow up in, in similar. My sister was getting her doctorate at UCLA when I was a little kid, and she would bring me Laker stuff, and that was when Magic um, was out there. And, and yeah. so I actually grew up and have always been a Lakers fan, and lived in Southern Cal. So. Uh, Kobe is, is was my his favorite player ever, and so uh, so yeah, I've always been a Laker fan. I've I've watched the Hawks now, and obviously root for the Grizzlies. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I've I've been entertained. I don't watch a lot of regular season basketball. Um, Fox Sports is now in a beef with YouTube TV, so we're missing a lot of sports right now. YouTube, get together, just pay. You have enough money. Um, Amen. Yeah. And then, so that's a little frustrating. So I've been missing out on all of that. But the regular season, but this postseason, I think that there are the super teams, and there are there's so much ta- young talent right now. Like John Morant's great, Trey Young's great, Mitchell's great. Uh, um, uh, guy the that, yes, uh, and then the guy from Dallas. Like there are there's just there's so many fun teams to watch, so many fun players to watch. And then what the Nets did today to the Celtics, good God. That was – it was – it was. I think they were up by 40 at halftime, something like that. But I've, I've, this has been the most entertained I've been this early in the NBA playoffs. Usually it's more of a final – semifinals and finals type thing for me. Um, I wish they'd go back to the best out of five in the first round to, to move it along. And you have, you have usually sweeps and then two weeks later, like, i got to get back into this, you know. So that would be my recommendations to the NBA. But I've, I've enjoyed this playoff so far. Another question to the NBA, is the season too long? I mean, I don't expect yeah. it to get shot down, but it seems like the AB, uh, the NBA season is nine, ten months long. Rog, do you get NBA wear out at some point? Because I'll be honest, the Christmas night games and then the playoffs, that's about my attention span. Mm-hmm. I go to Christmas – to, to May without watching a game? I mean, it's 82 games. You know, when you shorten the season, you get gimmicks like 
the play-in and knowing Rob, who loves to gamble, live or die, Vegas, Annie Harris Casino, that's what the play-in is. And, and it adds to the stakes. Again, that time pun intended. Um, I don't... Roz, Roz, you know, we're lawyers. We like we like free money. We like to get money for not doing much work. Well, you're still a lawyer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do sales, which is essentially the same thing. Uh, anyways... I don't, you know, I've always grown up with it being 82 games. I, I don't think so, but, you know, who knows? And, and it's a younger man's game now. Kids are running and whatnot, so 82 shouldn't be a big deal. Um, but, yeah, the best of five first round I thought was awesome. You know, the Denver Nuggets beat Seattle with Dikembe Mutombo years Hold ago. Up the ball. And, exactly. And, and yes. while he's on his back, that's iconic. Yeah. You know, another, and that's why the NBA changed it, like as if it was unfair if a great team couldn't sack up in five games. Um, you know, it's like Kobe Bryant played, rest in peace, you know, 18 years, 20, whatever. But in playoff games like LeBron, you've got another like three or four seasons. They're playing yeah. seven game series throughout. It's a lot on them. And, and you know, that's the Lakers this year. You know, after the pandemic, they had like a 72-day offseason, which is yeah. not good, especially for a team that old. And yeah. you've seen it, you know, it's been reflected in the injuries. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say it's too many games because I don't think even if it was like 50 games, people would still care about the playoffs more than anything else. Um, let me ask. My short answer is yes, it's too long. Um but but let me ask you this. In this sense, Randall, you're getting into the, the you know the uh, media and viewership and all that. Right. Would this be a good idea or a bad idea? I, I just think of like obviously the NFL is the gold standard, and there's there they could easily stagger their start times on Sunday and like would it be better if the NBA on the on playoff like on playoff time every game starts at eight Eastern. And you just have the four games going at the same time, kind of March Madness style, and create this constant drama. And um, or is it better to stagger them out? I mean, I'm I'm with Raj. I I like the West Coast. West West is more exciting, but it's hard to stay up till one a.m. one thirty two in the morning, um, drinking all night on a on a school night. This is <laughs> not everybody be- does. This is oh. going to be a, a gambling answer from Randall. The way the NBA does it now, it makes it almost impossible to put a DraftKings lineup together for an NBA tournament. Yes, Robbie, I think if they had four games starting 10 minutes apart or 20 minutes apart, so you had a complete lineup. I try to play DraftKings NBA during the playoffs, and you might have a 7 o'clock game and two 11 o'clock games. And, you know, in DraftKings, they kind of group games. For the sake of my gambling addiction, yes. I think right now, four games on Tuesday, start them between 8 and 9 o'clock. Four games on Thursday, start them between 8 and 9 o'clock. Or even 9, and I don't think 9 would be appropriate for the East Coast, but I, I do think if they time this better, the DraftKings, the FanDuel, is such a huge part of the sport. I think mm-hmm. that puts eyes on the product. So I would love your ideal. 
I would absolutely. I tried to make a lineup yesterday, and and all I, I ended up with four players from one team and four players from the other team. I mean, it's just not fun, you know. Mm-hmm. This so, sounds subjective. I agree. The DraftKings fan duel era it certainly has an effect, um, especially you know in NBA when you're doing fantasy league or whatnot. You don't pick the best player in the league. You pick the guy that gets the most double doubles, or you know Westbrook by far would be your number one pick. He fills up every stat category. Um, it's kind of similar with with uh, DraftKings and whatnot. And the NBA though, it's those guys that you fill out the bottom of your roster. It's so unpredictable because there are 82 games and you have to have a bench and you have to have a second unit and you never know who's going to go off. Now the good teams have dudes that step up no matter what, but I understand how it's, it's, it's far less predictable than the NFL. The NFL also, you know, we are a society in my opinion of, uh, of a tiny attention span for multiple reasons. And I'm not going to get into that in the NFL. It's bam, bam action. I think there's like 14 or 15 minutes of actual football, but when it happens, it's, enthralling versus other games that are longer with more strategy and people running sets, etc. So it's all subjective, but if I'm going to blame anyone, I'm going to blame society. Mm-hmm. I'll take, I'll take well, my well, gambling. Well, my gambling addictions will take yeah. that. Which is interesting. Like NBA does the college football model where it stretched the games out all day long and yeah. to the evening where I just wonder if the NFL model is better. It's just, you know the start time, and everyone's going, and boom, let's get it together. Let's, let's get all all the games playing. I, I, I'm Obviously, they, they do market research, so they think that's better, and they're probably right. I would just be interesting to see how if they would just tried it some. They obviously well, kill it on DirecTV and Sunday Ticket in bars and whatnot yeah. because they're yeah. making more money than anyone else. One last question about the NBA. And this becomes more about the regional bias. And it's something we've talked about on here. Outside of Miami, the southern part of the United States has had a historically bad basketball teams. The Hawks, the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Grizzlies. Mostly the Magic. Do we need... uh, And the Hawks have been around since the... 70s and historically one of the bottom five or ten NBA franchises in a city that you would think was built to win a destination city you would think to draw players do you see a day where the power in the NBA maybe shifts away from the west coast because it the NBA seems like such a west coast game now, are you and talking about players or fan base interests? Championship quality oh. teams. And and that would be players going, you said it, destinations players put together. You know, L.A., Miami. I don't know that it's ever happened with Charlotte, Atlanta. Big markets. Yeah. But would that put more eyes on the product if Charlotte all of a sudden had LeBron and John Morant, or you probably John Morant gets a couple of players in Memphis. To me, it seems like it really needs to occur somewhere in the South outside of Miami, which mm-hmm. really isn't the traditional South. Robbie, what do you think? 
Um, yeah, well, as far as fan interest goes, uh, yeah. Mem- Memphis loves the Grizzlies. Um, I would take them out of for fan interest. Now, the, their problem is you can't get play, you can't get free agents to go there. Right. Um, and so, I, I mean, as long as LA is sitting there with the Staples Center, players are gonna they're gonna go to the Clippers. They're gonna go to the Lakers because they're. Well, I mean, the, they're now they're both well-run organizations. Uh, but I mean, championship history, Southern California. You know, why wouldn't you go there? I mean, these guys like look at look at look at where you live. You can live in Minneapolis. You can live in. Well, I would like New Orleans. I could see why you wouldn't. You'd want more than New Orleans. Um, you know, Orlando, Charlotte. Like, there's just there's no appeal. Um, to those, I mean, the only appeal that say Memphis would have, or you know, I mean, I mean, would be no income tax. But look at Houston, which is a, in theory, would be a great place for NBA players to be. Everyone left. Everyone went out. San Antonio, probably the best run organization in the NBA. After you, you get oddballs like Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, they just lot. I mean, they were just kind of. I wouldn't say losers, but you wouldn't ever think them to be out in a club or anything. You know, like just why would you want to live there when you have options? The NBA players have the most freedom and the most movement. And so, yeah, you'll have a, you know, hey, Atlanta may get hot and make the finals or, uh, you know, someone may make the finals. They may make a run, but to have sustained success, no, I just think the NBA model is so player friendly which is good it's good for them they should have some power but yeah it's going to be west coast for a while so rods do we get the blip on the match like toronto wins a championship a couple of years ago ever now and then besides that it's the big four or five organizations going to win most of the championships you know i disagree with the four or five nobody knew about golden state before they got iconic players like steph curry and Dude pulling up from 40 feet and then Clay. I mean, I knew about Golden State and run TMC and back in the day, but they were played in Oakland. They had crummy uniforms. Nobody watched them. Suddenly they're the most or second most popular team in the league. Uh, my point is it's it's also player driven. Um, sure, Atlanta should generate more, but they've also had shitty ownership, in my opinion. You never know, you know, if the city is gonna back them. I don't think Atlanta's backed. The Hawks very well. That arena is dog shit. You know, oh, excuse my language. Um, is a Phillips is a poor arena or whatever they call it now. Um, you, you know, the Clippers were nothing in LA, nothing until, you know, Kawhi got there. And but LA is such a huge market that, you know, just you'll get contrarians that'll pick them. Um, you know, Boston, Chicago, it, it's player driven in my opinion. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily market-driven. Memphis has never had a superstar. They've never had a star. Now, they may have one, but he's also quite reserved when it comes to the media and whatnot. And all of that matters. It's very MMA-esque. You have to have personalities, whether intentional or unintentional. But that factors in. You know, if they Kobe Bryant was on, you know, the Grizzlies right now, I'd watch every game. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 oh. That, that, I will, that, uh, go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I will say 
LeBron James has skewed this last 16 years because he's whatever team he's in or on is always in the finals. And so, you know, who who knows what would have happened if he wasn't in the league. Sorry. So is a player like John Morant destined to leave Memphis, Robbie? What's that? Is a player like John Morant destined to leave Memphis at some point? for a a destination. That is a great example because he came from a small school and now playing in Memphis for the Grizzlies is a huge stage for him. He didn't come from Kentucky or Duke and goes to Charlotte or goes to Milwaukee and it's a downgrade. Um, all accounts is he seems to like Memphis. I mean, Zach Randolph stayed there for a long time. Uh, I think I do think Memphis is the one small market that could build something because, I mean, not the one San Antonio did it. Oklahoma City kept uh, Durant and Westbrook for a while, made the conference finals. Um, you know, Memphis has already been to the conference finals at least once, maybe twice. Um, so I don't think he's destined to leave. I think the Supermax – or the max and the super max is appealing. I heard yesterday where Steph Curry in 12 years has made 214 million. With this super max, he can make 240 million over the next four years. So he's going to double his career earnings by staying in the same team for his entire career. So I don't care how rich you are. Um, An extra 200 mil is an extra 200 mil. <laughs> That's true. And, and back to, I mean, and it's my bias. Uh, Phillips is not a destination arena. If you've ever been to the Staples Center, you know what it's like. Even uh, the only other place I can compare it to, even Charlotte's arena was much nicer. But you in Atlanta now, you you have a such a music industry and a culture that is NBA proactive that you feel like if you had great ownership that you could build something there. But I think it, it's an example, bad ownership. You just do not get past it. So and bad lawmakers and bad lawmakers, you know, um, it's more than just the team. You take Atlanta, for example, you know, downtown LA had the convention center staples now by, a lot of sports comparisons is old being like 15 years old or whatever it is. I remember when it was built, but it, you know, they revitalized downtown and gentrification occurred. We, we can go into that another time, but Atlanta has not quite, you know, as Robbie said, been on board when it comes to that. And, and I respect the city in some respects for that, for taking care of their own, but you know, the Hawks. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's been to, you know, in Phillips, they have the longest deck, like that, that uh, like third deck goes down like 80 rows, and it's like a horrible angle. And I was like, is this place for real? And yeah, I vowed it, never to sit up there again. I mean, I think it has been part, remodeled, though, recently. I've not been in uh, since before the pandemic. But, you know, it, it's, it's city, it's ownership, it's player identification. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. I just don't think it's just on the West Coast, per se. Although, of the uh, top 
six salary in the uh, this year. Uh, it's the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors are all in the top six with Golden State one, Brooklyn two, Philly three, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Heat. Interesting. All right. Anybody else got a final word on the NBA? Uh, I think it's going to be a great playoffs. I, I do too, and I was just looking at it, and I'd love for the Hawks to beat the Knicks. And I'll, I'll yes, be, I, I'm, I'm trying to get down to to it's State Farm now, I believe. Uh, yeah, State Farm, uh, uh, for a game. It, it's cool to see the Knicks in the playoffs. So you know, a lot yeah. of the oh, nine, was, '90s heads with yep. Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman and, and Rod Strickland. Those dudes were just backyard brawlers, and, and it's cool to see. Um, you know, it's tough for me because I know the Lakers will not win at all this year. They are too old. They had no offseason. And other teams got better while they, you know, got Andre Drummond. And, you know, Phoenix will probably knock them out. This is a run-and-gun game right now. You know, Miami proved it last year. Brooklyn, you know, even Phoenix, Milwaukee. These teams just want to get up and down the floor. Um, I find it fun, but as a purist, because I'm old to get off my lawn, uh, it's, you know, different. I'll still watch because I'm trying to be open-minded, but I, I, I'm harboring no delusions when it comes to the Lakers. It, I, it's amazing how much the game has changed. The, they're just shooting threes, and it's a once you get across half court, it's it can go up at any point. Steph Curry Absolutely. effect. Well, football is yeah. very similar. You know, it's a different game than it was. Yeah. Everything changes. So we're at the halfway point. Let's plug our show real fast. We are Three R Sports, a property of River City Media. You can find us on YouTube, which I think we have a grand total of 22 YouTube followers. We really need to get everybody over to YouTube from Facebook. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter at, at River City Media 3. So please We've give got us like- a lot. Sorry what? to interrupt the king, but we've got like 30,000 views on Facebook, but YouTube, yes. like, I don't think, I think we're all too old to know how to like promote that and be an influencer and whatnot. I'll probably ask my six-year-old for advice. But... Yeah. We have a reach of 32,000, which means that we've scrolled Damn. through 32,000 screens in the last 28 days. We have over 10,000 views sorry. across the platform in the last seven days. So we are becoming a player and uh, we sure, and I mean, just watching the number we're, you know, our numbers, uh, a lot of times we have a hundred or a couple hundred people joining us live and then overnight it'll jump to 500. So we have our viewers up and we appreciate you, but let us know you're there too. Um, and, and one comment from our buddy, Brandon Chain, I thought was really good. NBA is fun, but it's not, but a show not until the playoffs. That's when it grind starts. If you just lock the under and over collective in the playoff versus regular season, it's less red flag. And then he says, respectfully, it's different when you're from a city that didn't have a team that you grew up with. And Chain lives in Nashville right now. And before that, Columbus. Hey, the Predators are up two to one right now. Predators up two to one, yeah. which Nashville is a great hockey city. Which, oh, yeah. Hey, if, it, if it goes, if Preds win tonight and it's 3-2 with game six in Nashville, look out. Yeah, those are going to be expensive tickets. 
<laughs> Nashville is absolutely a great hockey city. If you've never been to a playoff game and you live in Tennessee or if you are passing through and uh, the Preds are at home, what's well, a great regular season game anyways, but the playoff games are unreal. It, it's proof you don't have to be that major market team. You know, you get the right players, you get the right fan support. You never know what can happen. And I've been to a few Predators games, especially in the playoffs. They're crazy, dude. I mean, like, a lot of guys don't even know what hockey is in Nashville, but they don't care. People show up. It's crazy. And the Dodgers just scored again off Granky, so it's 4 nothing. bases loaded. They're playing the Cheaters in Houston. Just wanted and, to and Brent, that. And Brendan reminds us, he told us, the Preds on the money line. Heck yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's an interesting comment into their next. We try to do a fun topic here. And, and we started out talking about every sport, then football. But let's talk about it. This time of year for me is a strange time. And, and let me um, let me explain why. It's June. My high school will report at the end of July and start practicing. I start calling football games on the radio in mid-August. Football season gets earlier and earlier for me each year. We're in the middle of baseball season, and I'm already in football mode. So for me, it is it is really hard sometimes for my seasons to bleed, bleed over. But I have done neat things like uh, we talked about every year during the World season, Series. First game of the World Series, we always ordered pizza and miles. Labor Day weekend, we always have a tailgate at the Tennessee games. My football season always starts with a high school jamboree. You got to explain jamboree. I asked for a reason. I don't think everyone There's knows. There's 18 what jamboree shows. Is. Well, Tennessee folks do. It's, it's awesome, but uh, I didn't know what it was. Eight teams show up and they each play one quarter. And you have a football game, and maybe it's a preseason high school game. Uh, Central High School will play Baylor in first quarter. The second quarter will be. Red. Red Bank and Howard. The third quarter would be Macaulay and the East Hamilton. So no one plays more than a quarter, but they play four quarters. So it's like a warm-up game, just limited to a quarter. But what do you guys and what special do you do during the year, either football-related or baseball-related or basketball-related, that are traditions in your home that – signal beginning of a fun part of the year either one of you got anything the only thing i have is you know like one of my best friends eli shubin has taken off the thursday and friday of the first day of the tournament for 25 years since whenever he became an it guy at long beach state obviously plugging things i hope i don't get sued I've tried to do the same because those are two of the best days in sports. Opening day in baseball, I'm likely just making an excuse to get away from work and drink beer, uh, but nothing like spiritual per se. Now, that being said, I understand it may be different out here, you know, especially when Tennessee was good. I can't imagine how it was in like 98, 99. Like it, it must have been like the 4th of July and Disneyland all rolled up into one. I got a bunch of tattoos that are orange because of Tennessee in the 90s. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Most girls say that, but that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm similar to Raj. Uh, there's 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the tournament is it's the mecca of sports. And I try to be in Vegas if I can. There's nothing like it. It's insanity. Um, so that that's – I think – Obviously, the pandemic canceled it. Uh, I don't know if I was scheduled to go last year or not. I can't remember. I try to. I try to go every year. But yeah, it's my whole my March calendar. Like my staff knows. I know. I just don't book anything. Like the the the, the conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, and then the Final Four. It's just it's just, it's the most magical thing in sports to me. I love it. Um, other than you know, then that, then the other ritual i have in uh, early august is start to prepare for the fantasy football draft uh, and start to try to figure out what what my strategy is going to be and uh is this the year i in my slump <laughs> and everyone <laughs> everyone watching that's in our fantasy league understands the competitiveness of it and uh how much y'all would hate it if I ever won again. I'd be all for it, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, you sacrifice the league nice. for a good time. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, I love the the. You said the first game of the World Series, you order a pizza. That, that's cool. I, I yeah. need to start doing stuff like that. Um, uh, and then yeah, I mean Labor Day weekend with college football is it, especially down here. It's just, I mean. It, it's 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 the weekend where you're usually on the lake or at the game or depending on you know where they open up at the game, and it's really the kickoff of hope and then ultimately failure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I I'm with you. Labor Day weekend is really special in the college football world, and it's the one weekend usually they don't have the NFL, so they play Saturday Sunday. Uh, Monday this year Tennessee kicks off on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Let me let me throw another one out at you guys. Do you do the traditional? And, and this was huge when I was a kid. I don't think it is so much, but the traditional New Year's Day bowls. Do you still enjoy the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Tostitas Bowl? Do you still sit and watch those bowls on New Year's Day? Yeah, I watch them, um, but it's not. How many? How many of them are actually on New Year's Day now? Is the question. I, I think the Rose Bowl. Rose is just definitely. the Rose. Yeah. Um, the Rose, and then they'll they'll pair some random whatever ESPN whatever yeah. fits they'll, their schedule. They'll they'll yeah. generally put put a whole day together. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean, I watch them because it's New Year's Day. It's a holiday, and it's usually cold. And what else are you gonna do? And um, they, the the while the college playoff has been really great, I think it it has killed some of the um, greatness of the bowl game, especially that New Year's Day game. But on the flip side, the bowls are kind of stupid, also, and you want to yeah. best to play each other. It's a catch twenty-two. By the way, I'm totally against them trying to expand the playoff. I know that's not what we're talking about. It, there's only three good teams, anyways. Why do we want to like? Oh, right now, there's only three good teams. Yeah, whenever they get get whenever more than three get better, then we can expand. 
Okay, we'll wait until other teams get good enough to be, all right, that's cool. Now you're invited. Yeah, exactly. You, you put enough makeup on. Now uh, Now I'm going to ask you out to the dance. It's, it's Right now the playoff is a country club. There's only three memberships plus a guest. And until we have room for more, keep it as it is. So I'll, I will counter back with you. If you expand it, does more teams not get better? I think the kids are all going to those three teams right now where that if you had a bigger field, it would divvy the talent up a little more. Now, I don't know that's true, but I actually expect Clemson to take a step back. But we'll see. So that will be a subject next week, by the way. Okay. A, a definite Let's spend some time on that one because I found myself to be pro expanding, but I that's am. a good, I definitely yeah. am. That's a good subject. Yeah, let's definitely talk about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the contrarian view. All right. They, Shock, shocker. The, Weird. Uh, the other thing that I will challenge everybody and I've, I've been to a world series. I've been to the super bowl. I've been to an NFC playoff. You went I've, to a super bowl. Which one? Yeah, The Titans and the Rams. That's awesome. You were uh, there. I was there. Mike Jones. Was it Mike Jones, uh, the guy that stopped uh, yeah. at the one? Kevin Dyson. Yep. I even even took – Worst two I, names in sports. I even got <laughs> wandered down the the hall, the uh, tunnel and got to the field level before I got through back up out of <laughs> my seat. Uh, I That's also right. had tickets to the uh, another Super Bowl, but Annalie Cunningham's uh, birth interrupted my attendance in that Super Bowl. So good for you, Dad. You made the right decision. Well in fact she was born on the Super Bowl Sunday is is done. No, yeah. She wasn't born Super Bowl Sunday, but she gave us some scares around that time. So I decided to forego the Super Bowl. But what I was not surprised. The other thing that I would encourage anybody to do, and I, I did it recently about four years ago, as I went to an NFL Sunday or NFL Thanksgiving Day game. And I found that to be one of the top 10 experiences I've had in sports. It was really special to be in an NFL stadium on Thanksgiving Day with all the pop and circumstance because Thanksgiving really is the NFL's holiday. And I saw a great game. I ate a turkey leg. We tailgated at a Shoney's, which was the only thing open on Thanksgiving Day. And I love it, Shoney's. It was great. It was the best Thanksgiving dinner I've had. Yep. Was it, it better was than, a, than a playoff game? Because I know you've been to an yes. Atlanta playoff game. Yes, it really. Was, yeah, it was. Shoney's has one a great thing I've never bar. been to. The what, Robbie? It says Shoney's has a great salad bar. Yeah, uh, no one has a great salad bar. Their Thanksgiving buffet was off the hook in Cartersville. The only restaurant opened up on my way to Atlanta. So I would encourage you, if you've never been to an NFL Thanksgiving Day game, well, go, unless go. you live in Detroit and Dallas, it, it does get hard sometimes. I'll, well, I'll now, tell you. Now they have like four games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see your point. I, I've never been. I'll tell you what else is great is, uh, so I've been to, I think, Two, uh, I've been at least one Christmas Eve night game yes. and one Christmas Day game for the Titans. Those are those are fantastic. I, I've, been, 
Well, any Thanksgiving and Christmas game, it's a double whammy. It gets you out of family time, and you get to go to a sporting <laughs> event. And, uh, and you, well, I mean, both of them you're getting drunk at, but this is the sporting event. I was also and, at the NFC Championship game when the Falcons won to go to the Super Bowl. and being a I was there, home, too, against the Niners. Uh, no. No, this was the Oh, they lost one. to the Niners that year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was in a coma during that one. I didn't make it that one. Uh it, this is when the Falcons beat uh, the Seahawks and oh yeah, sixteen. So that was another one that was really special. I thought you were talking special. about when your namesake got beat, Randall Cunningham by Jamal uh, Anderson and the Dirty Bird. Dirty Bird. But, uh, there you yeah, go. There it is. That and was got, a sweet game. Chris Chandler's are, quarterback. You, you guys are putting it on the tee. It leads us to our next subject, and this one's going to affect both the Falcons and the Titans. Julio Jones on an open telephone with Shannon Sharp tells the world he is out of Atlanta. Then it comes out that he's asked for a trade two months ago out of Atlanta. Julio was the face of the franchise, even more than Matt Ryan to me. What is Julio's value now on the open market and where do you think he could go and make a difference? Robbie, I know you have a clear opinion of this. You even sketched it out on a group chat. What do you think of Julio hitting the open market right now? So about two or three weeks ago, I said it would be foolish for any team to give up a one for Julio. I still think that. But given how the Titans draft, I think I would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just – yes, this offense, Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry in the background, what, do you, what defense do you play against that? And so I'm starting to think that they can ball control and score with Kansas City. And – Either or they if you want to keep Mahomes off the field, you can spread if they load up, you got two weapons on the outside. So I wouldn't give a one, but the Titans need to make an aggressive package. Uh one it gets Julio for the Falcon side, gets Julio out of the NFC. Out of a com- no competitor, he's going to come back and beat you in any playoffs should you make one. Uh, for Julio, it's a it's not a far move. It's you know he can come to Nashville and still visit his family, assuming they live in Atlanta, and assuming he has family, married, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of reckless assumptions here, but he uh, it, it's not bad for him. They're plus 300, I believe, on Odd Shark. Patriots yeah. minus 250, which worries me a little bit. Titans plus 300. Um, I think that's if, – if 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 you're the Titans and you're saying we are going in with Tannehill and Henry and this is a window, do it. Get it done and let's go for it. Because if so, you're not – if you don't go for it, then you're just – all right, here's a, here's the next here's, wait till the, the next quarterback, the next run. Let's, let's go for it. I've got a trivia question, real quick, for you guys. 
over the last four years, one player has been tra- traded on two separate occasions for a first-round pick. Who is that player? And mind you, DeAndre Hopkins was traded for a second, a fourth, yeah. and David Johnson, and he's the best receiver in the league. Well, who is that guy? To answer my trivia question, who is that guy? Traded Donald and Khalil no, Mack. He was a receiver. One guy was traded two times for first-round picks, and he's oh. a wide receiver. Um, Brandon Brandon Cooks. He was traded for a first uh, from New Orleans uh, to New England, I believe, and New England to the Rams. Like, I have no idea why that guy is so, but, you know, also, hey, Peerless Price was traded for a first back in uh, 2003 from Buffalo to Atlanta. Uh, That pick became Willis McGahee, by the way. Um, But no. uh, Don't give me Bill O'Brien nonsense. Yeah, Bill O'Brien is the biggest dummy ever. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it, it goes to my point. Julio Jones, actually, Quintoris, sweetest name ever, Lopez, Julio Jones, is 32 years old. He has played 32? Yeah, 32. Of his nine seasons, he's played 16 games four times. Is he the best receiver in the league like Calvin Johnson was when he's on the field? Yeah. But, dude, he's 32. I mean, he's going to command a salary. You'd be stupid to give him a first-round pick, in my opinion. And and after that, you know, in law, you talk about the zone of preferential agreement when you talk about trades and whatnot. He screwed Atlanta. He said, hey, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out of there. And he told them to Shannon Sharp and not to Atlanta. So what's Atlanta? I mean, they know they have to try to get rid of him. I mean, that was – I mean, he did them dirty. So that being said, if he goes to the Raiders or – what if he went to Green Bay, by the way? Would Aaron, would Aaron Rodgers stay? I think so. But, yeah, I mean, he did them dirty, man. And and that's that's not cool, but he, he's a beast. Do y'all think Shannon Sharp texted him before that phone call and said, we're on live TV, or do you think that was a mishap? The look on Shannon Sharp's face made me think it was a mishap. But- he's a Slimy dude. There's no doubt about it. But Julio should be smarter than that. The the one the one advice I would give uh, the Titans would would be two words: Toronto Raptors. Was it worth it to go all in for Kawhi? Absolutely. Yeah. Get that hey, ring. We yeah. have the win. We have the players. He could be the missing piece. Go for it. So here's a let's bring it up today a little more too. What do you think, Randall? Where do you think he's going? Uh, well, I, I think that the Titans are in serious consideration. Uh, also, on the salary cap end, the Falcons are hooked into $17 million of his cap next year. So you basically get Julio Jones at a much discounted price next year. Uh, I think the Titans make sense for him. Do they need he, him? He already was, got a monster receiver that's going to catch the ball and run over people. They need somebody to get downfield, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'd love to see Julio in Green Bay, and I think Aaron Rodgers would stay. He ended up coming out recently and basically downplaying the whole situation, uh, whether on purpose or not. I think that would be a sweet connection, personally. I'm a Raider fan. I I wouldn't do that to Julio. I don't want him to go to the Raiders. It's, It's... 
It's a I just don't think Atlanta's going to trade him in the NFC. I, I think that Atlanta want to get him out of the NFC. That's I don't the think they I, care. The NFL is different than the NBA. I mean, there's so many factors that go into winning a football game, and he probably wouldn't even play half the games. I mean, what's Atlanta? They're saying that, like, a four-win team is, like, worried about him going to another team, like, maybe win more than four games and then be concerned. Well, I think there's also some pride from Atlanta's side. Yeah, pettiness does not not stop it this show. It goes all the way to the NFL. Arthur Blank is one of the strongest owners in the NFL, and he's been given a – Arthur Blank does not do well with reprimands or demands. And Julio knows that. Julio will get moved. Now, today in the Atlanta uh, Journal-Constitution, it was said that some of the Falcons' more veteran players were meeting with Julio. I actually think it helps Atlanta to move on from Julio. And Julio's a great guy, and Julio's done a lot for this franchise. In three or four years from now, we'll we'll meet back in Atlanta, and we'll put number eleven up on the on on the Ring of Honor. But at this point, I'm not sure if Julio's not in the way of Calvin Ridley. Who I but think didn't Freddie, he screw them by saying what he just said? I don't uh, know publicly. I don't blame. I mean, you know, when you're talking to Shannon Sharp one of the biggest mouths ever, whether on camera or not, that there's a possibility that's getting out. And he says, I want out of there. Well, obviously Atlanta's kind of screwed in that sense. And I, I thought he did them dirty in that. Well, I think he is trying to force a trade. And I do think they could have been, hey, we're going to get you out of Atlanta. This is how we're going to do it. And we're going to embarrass the franchise. But I'm going to ask y'all a couple of questions, and and, and you well, let's determine where he goes. Are the Titans a Super Bowl contender with Julio Jones? Yes, yes, yeah. When they AFC Championship two years ago lost, and I think the uh, was it the wild another wild card round. I can't, I can't. All these seasons are blurring together during COVID, but yeah, playoff team two years in a row. Um, who knows what Houston's going to be? Um, Indy's going to be tough. Jacksonville's starting a rookie quarterback. They're young. Urban Meyer. Um, Titans, I think, should be either the favorite or slightly uh, under the favorite to win the South. Host host a playoff game. Um, yeah, they're they are a threat away. That's what Kansas City was able to do to them two years ago. Is once Kansas City got ahead, they took Henry out of the game because you had to score and you couldn't risk a loss, and then they loaded up. Um, if you have Henry available and A.J. Brown is a deep threat, Julio is the mixture, yes, I, I think they are a Super Bowl contender. So That's also on Tannehill real quick. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody's going to respect him going downfield. It's not just on the receivers. And – they have a great offensive line. So as long as they have that and Derrick Henry, you know, and, and I, I think all football purists love them, you know, mm-hmm. three yards in a cloud of dust. But, yeah, a lot of that's on Tannehill as well. I mean, can you win? You know, I hate to pull the Raiders into this, but would you rather have Derek Carr as your quarterback and throw downfield or, or Tannehill? And, you know, I mean, everybody keys on Derrick Henry because why wouldn't you? 
Yeah. Well, Raj, you bring up a good point. Um, probably outside of a quarterback, the Titans are probably the team with being one injury away from being in big trouble. If Henry – he hasn't ever went – I mean, he's been durable. But if he goes down and that running threat is stopped, then you have Tannehill in the pocket with no play action, and all of a sudden those receivers aren't open. And that, that could be dicey. No, I agree. Does Julio Jones, who all of a sudden comes in the media and wants to play with Pam – Cam Newton, I don't think Julio Jones makes the Patriots a Super Bowl contender. But that seems to be a place he wants to go. Could a Cam Newton, Julio Jones-led team work in New England? You mean Mac Jones? Julio well, Jones? No, he, he wants to play with Cam Newton. Which is shocking. He, as yeah. I, I'm sure they're boys, and I love Cam no one is more philanthropic, but as a receiver, right now, that'd be the last guy I'd want to put. Well, not the last per se, but he'd be at the bottom five for sure. Robbie, Cam, yeah, and Julio. That, that makes no sense to me. Cam's a hold a guy, improvise, runs a lot. No, like, no, I, I don't, I really don't know. I was shocked when I heard that. I was shocked when I saw him as the favorites. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't think – I know Hula doesn't want to start with a rookie quarterback, and I'm not sure Cam makes it through the season as the starter. I just think New England is just in rebuild mode all the way through. They've signed some people. Uh, they went big on free agency, but at Cam at this age with his – um, injuries? No, I don't. I don't see it. Even he's with set those, up for failure, in my opinion. Yeah. He's set up for failure. Does Julio Jones improve the Baltimore Ravens' offense enough that they become? They are a Super Bowl contender, I guess. We will say with Lamar Jackson at any time. But is Julio an upgrade to Hollywood Brown, Rashard Bateman, and? Max Andrews at this point in his career? I mean, in the sense that Julio will take more dudes downfield and whatnot, right? Right. You know, Lamar Jackson will never be a guy that'll sit in the pocket and look downfield. And Julio Jones kind of strives on that. You know, he's not a guy that's going to break off a route, come back to the football, especially at his age. Um, you know, of course, he's a danger. I mean, you have to respect him if he's on the field, but I, I don't think with Baltimore, it would be that big of a deal because of, you know, the nature of their quarterback and their offense, which is great as it is. Why do they need a receiver? You know, to Julio is, is not a guy that's going to go through three yards per se. You know, I, I think he wants the football and Lamar Jackson has the football in that offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you, I mean, Julio will make any offense better. But with Baltimore, it's like, why would you give up assets for something you don't need? It's, Absolutely. It, like, it, it just doesn't make – like, yeah, if he was a free agent, yeah, you bring him in. But I'm not trading a second, third, or even four – or I don't know if I'm trading any picks for him because 
it's not something they need. And so I'd rather hold on to the picks or ship those picks for for a position of need. It's just if I have three Ferraris in the garage, I don't buy a fourth for Ferrari. Like some Are you point, sure? If you had three of them, you're like, ah, I can get four, five, six. You know. Well, one would have to be out in the rain. Yeah. True. True. So get a bigger I, I, garage. The Titans <laughs> were one of my favorites to land him in, but we we're all understand why we cover the Titans first. So yeah. I'm gonna give you two other teams and we'll wrap up this segment, get into bet your nuts and final thoughts here. But let me give you a couple of teams I think he's a great fit for. One would be reuniting him with an offensive coordinator that he had one of his best years under. What about Julio? to the 49ers. Who's throwing in the ball? That is the million-dollar question. I'm <laughs> going to assume it's Jimmy G this year. Does he have yeah. a no-trade clause? Uh, I don't yes, think I so. Yes, I assume he does. I, 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 I would hope he does, but I never saw that. I haven't His read contract's that. pretty old. He said he wants to go to a team that is Super Bowl contenders. I wouldn't classify them as a Super Bowl contender. Okay. The Niners? Yeah. I would. They're two years removed from like being up there. Their defense is top three in the league, in my opinion. I mean, in this day's NFL, they've got a great running game. Doesn't take much. You know, they, they just, shuts people they just, down. They just draft they just traded their whole team to get a quarterback in the first round. They don't believe they're Super Bowl contenders. You don't do that if you're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying they're not stupid, but I mean they're <laughs> you know they paid Trent Brown for a reason, you know. They or Trent Williams rather, not Trent Brown. He's the fatty that never played for the Raiders because he wanted to go back to New England. So forget that guy. I mean, they paid these dudes for a reason. And even I mean, they without, talent, but they have football talent though. They're, yeah. the only they're some of the best on in the trenches in the league, both offense and defensive line. And if you have that, in my opinion, you can win anywhere. I'm Sorry, Randall, go ahead. Uh, I think the only thing that the Niners have going for them is a very close relationship with Kyle Shanahan from Atlanta, and I think that's their number one ticket. Now, the last team is like the sixth or seventh team on the list. But I think this is the one place that Julio could make the most impact and maybe take them from a seven or eight win team to a legitimate legitimate Super Bowl contender in a two- to three-year window if if Julio's going to play until he's 35. So today, supposedly – the Chargers got involved with the trade. So what do you think of the pairing of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Julio Jones playing with Justin Herbert? Does that not make them sound a lot more legit than they do today? That Robbie, would suck for us as a Raider. Oh, you said Robbie. No, go ahead, Rod. You're already, you're already fired up. I'm already fired up. Quinn Torres does that to me. That's crazy. I mean, as a Raider fan, that honestly, like I shivered. You know, you got a guy that, I mean, Keenan is can do everything, really. 
Mike Williams, I think is soft. I don't think he'll ever be the player that they expected. But if you pair Julio Jones and Mike or Keenan Allen with freaking Justin Herbert, who I admit I was fully wrong on. Wow. I mean, that would be deadly. And that's a great matchup. And I had really never heard of that. Literally, when you said it, I became speechless, which is very rare, obviously. Wow. Robbie, I mean, uh, and I, my source is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I published yeah. a blight today that the Chargers – but they, they again, one of the parts we haven't discussed, nobody's offering a first for Julio. Yeah. The best they're getting is a second. So, Robbie – Well, so, and this is not the bet your nuts part, but I'm looking at these Super Bowl odds – Titans are 40 to 1 right now. The Chargers are 33 to 1. If you have an extra 200 bucks and those are two of the top three teams, maybe throw 100 on each of them. Uh, Um, I I like the Chargers next year. I do too. I I like. They. I mean, they're, they're in a tough division, obviously, but Herbert's the goods. And they've got an offense, a good coach. That was year one last year. And playing an empty stadium, I mean, the Chargers stadium is always empty. They, they're the Chargers. They don't have any fans. But they, they, they're, they are the most used to that. But I do think they're going um, to come out and surprise some people. Um, 49ers are 14 to 1. So Vegas is higher on them than I am. Than, uh I think I just their draft just I'm still pissed about that, um, but no, I think the Chargers would be a good landing spot. Also, um, Vikings. Also, I'm looking at these Cardinals. There's 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 some teams um, that could make some moves and really really benefit. Yeah, I agree. And the charge the the Cardinals I know has been bounded about. Is there any sour grapes? And this is the last thing about Holio. Is there any sour grapes with Atlanta drafting Kyle Pitts, having Cal- Calvin Ridley already on the team, and Julio becoming not Julio Jones in Atlanta anymore? Because I don't think it is. I really do think he's his time is just ran in Atlanta. Yeah, well, Atlanta, Atlanta's sixty to one. So I mean, I think it's just I think he just wants to win. He wanted Alabama. Like he comes from played with winning culture in college. I mean. I think it's really as important to win if you win one in college to win one in the pros, and I would look at it, if I was Julio, I'd look at it to Pitts. Hell yeah, you got me some relief. I I got more one-on-one matchups and situations. That thing that's better for him. I, you yeah. know, you know there there's catches and then there you're gonna get if you start off and your the quarterback's read is a double on Julio every play the smart place to look elsewhere. Now, if you get one-on-one matchups, Julio will get more balls, more yards, more stats. At this, He's a Hall of Famer. There's no, no doubt, doubt about it. And so I think it is about I want to win a Super Bowl. And I respect that. And I think he's given Atlanta everything he can give them. And um, I think it's a, a weak maneuver that Shannon Sharp uh, let that – 
let him be on live TV. And if he didn't tell him, then that's that's just amateur hour, even for us. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, right, personally, real quick, it's like Aaron Rodgers in the sense that they weren't that many players away. In fact, they were. Did they draft Ridley the year after they were in the NFC Championship? They did. You know, and, and that's a team with clear defensive needs. And and they draft a guy to, like, basically, I, I know they qualified it by being a guy to get downfield, et cetera. But, you know, that's not necessarily the case. I I, I think Atlanta, and there's a reason why, uh, what's his name, the uh, – very handsome Metro Thomas. What's his name? Yeah, there's a reason why he's gone. And a lot of that's draft strategy, in my opinion. Kyle Pitts was a tight end. He played in the slot more or less. I mean, even more so than probably being at tight end. You know, Julio Jones wasn't that guy necessarily. He was he was split wide. He, he does whatever he wants. Um, I don't think it's a replacement per se. And if they try to do that, then I think they're making a mistake. I am. I, I do not believe he's his replacement. I just think the twenty-six million dollars he's owed this year is too much for Atlanta. Twenty sixteen, the, the Atlanta Falcons and Thomas Dimitrov threw a ton of money at Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, and Julio Jones. They're still playing to Devontae Freeman dead money. Matt Ryan. His contract now looks in line with what other quarterbacks around the league makes. But Julio at $26 million is still like a red light. That's crazy. You know, um, they Don't ever pay a guy for past performance. And the Falcons you know, Especially $26 million. That's insane. And, and then Julio redone his contract twice, and it's all lumped into this year. Whoever gets him has him for $15 million. In 2022, it's mm-hmm. a much more manageable contract. The Falcons pays the majority of this year's contract, and then it's over. So, I hate to see Julio leave Atlanta, but I believe it's time. And I wish him nothing but luck. I hope he finds a winner. I'm the loyalest Falcons fan you'll ever find. I hope he's back in five years. We hang his number up in the rafters where it deserves to be. But right now, it, this is a team that has other needs that $26 million could spend It doesn't on. upset you, though, Randall, that he said, I'm out of there after, like, 10 years of support and love and payment, obviously, like, again, I, you talk to Shannon Sharp, you know that's going to happen. I, I thought he did him dirty, and I would be upset if I were you. I am more – I thought more of Julio than he would run this – I think it was a move to get him out of it, to get himself out of Atlanta. And I think a lot Arthur, better ways. Arthur Blank's a good man that would get you out of Atlanta if that's what you want. One of the better owners in the NFL. So, guys, it's been a great show. I mean, I told y'all before we started, I need the energy from y'all tonight, and you brought it. I've been up since five o'clock. Congratulations to River City President Annalee Cunningham. For graduating the fifth grade today. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, she's uh, gone to spend the summer with her family up in West Virginia. 
She had none of us could graduate fifth grade today. Sorry I, to interrupt. I, 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 she got a C in math, and that's big all respect, my fault. Annalee. <laughs> uh, but it was a great show. So last week on Bets Your Nuts, as far as I can track it, I lost. Lenny won, and Rod won. I still have a long term Bet Your Nuts hanging out there. But Robbie, we didn't have an official pick from you last week. I know so I, I got. It. I want to call myself five and two. Raj is now six and one, and Robbie is four and two. So, uh, who wants to go first on bet? Hold on, I got to do it. I got to. I'll go first because Robbie Robbie is a gambling closer. I'm obviously biased right now. The Dodgers are in those cheating ass. Excuse me, the the cheating stadium that is Minute Maid Park for Houston. Tomorrow you got Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers minus 135. Take the money line, take the 135. Bauer is shut down. Bauer sheathed a sword at uh, against San Francisco when the fans were talking trash. He loves it. He's going to hear it. Bauer is a potential no-hitter guy tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'll take the Dodgers all day tomorrow. And the over-under actually is eight and a half, which is way too much if you ask me. Um, but yeah, Trevor Bauer tomorrow. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead because my bet your nuts was in the same game and I thought you were about to steal it and you kind of did touch it there. I loved eight and a, under eight and a half in that game because I, I could see Bauer going out and throwing seven innings, eight innings of shutout ball. And a matter of fact, I already have a, a, a Randall bet in on that. I think that number is way out of line. So I'm going to take under eight and a half on the Dodgers uh, Giants game. In. Totally in. All right. So I need to get my winning percentage up. I'm slacking behind you guys. So you're going to say it's a homer pick. It's not a homer pick, it's a great pick. Bet big on it. So the whole media is saying, oh, Memphis only won because Donovan Mitchell didn't play game one. It's false. Memphis is good. They're really good. They beat some good teams. They are getting plus nine and a half as we currently stand tomorrow. Utah is in a lot of pressure, pressure position. Bet, get the points. Memphis plus nine and a half. You'll thank me next week. Um, we'll come off of a long labor Memorial Day bender, and we're we'll ready to roll. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. I think we got some solid picks. Best picks we've had in a while. Uh, again, to plug our show here, we are doing thanks to you all, and I got to say it. Uh, we've done incredible the last few weeks. We've got some opportunities coming up, including – some live remotes that we'll need some support at. Uh, we have some opportunities to get on a station, some opportunities coming up to do some internet stuff. Uh, a lot of opportunities coming to this show. So stay with us. It'll be amazing. So far we've proved if nothing else, we're entertaining and it'll get more entertaining as we go. But I just want to thank everybody for the unconditional support. It's kind of amazing guys that we've had. I mean, like, people are, like, waiting for us to come on and watching us talk about sports. It's awesome. They were just hoping they must, to be back this week. 
Do what? Um, they were hoping Lanier would be back this week. Yeah, yeah. Lenny's already said that he started an internet <laughs> campaign to replace you permanently. <laughs> I but told I'm you already, my wife was like, is he a real MMA fighter? I'm <laughs> like, uh, nah, he just looks like it. No, nah, I mean, I guess those people are drinking more than we are. But, yeah, and by the way, for all my West Coast friends, when Randall said, do what, that means excuse me. Um, pardon? Most people don't understand that. Yeah, pardon. Beg your pardon. Pardon? pardon? Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I just feel like it's three of us hanging out at our 18-hour draft where it's a bunch of dudes just kicking it in a luxurious location and shooting the you-know-what, the breeze. So that's how I, I feel about this. And somebody asked me, like, how many, like, thousand people? I'm like, I don't know. All I do is have a few drinks and talk about sports, which is 98% of my life. So, yeah. I mean uh- – Whatever. I, I'm, I'm a little worried the draft special might get us kicked off the air, but that's yeah. That's my I don't think we concern. can do that. There better be a ten. You better have some. You better have some good uh, editing uh, people on the on there, staff. There, there's going to have to be some heavy <laughs> editing done. Uh, next week, on a separate note, we'll have a special edition of River City Media Hall of Fame football coach Paul Benefield from the state of Alabama, five-time running state champion. Will be on to talk to us for a couple of hours. We're just awesome. going to talk high school football philosophies. It's something we're just trying to expand to do to to give the folks a little more entertainment. So that's hey, my final word. So um, that's that's awesome. Real quick, have we officially petitioned uh, Benil Darius's management because they're asking? Benny said he'd be on our show, but uh, we have to petition his management. I was no, going to let Rob write it up. The uh, okay. I can do that. Yesterday, today's graduation was kind of been the last week of my life. So let's get that done this week. Yeah. And then um, one last thing for my closing words are, so my uh, aforementioned wife is doing Dare to Dance here in Chattanooga. And they're raising money for the Kidney Foundation. And I believe she is going to share the link to donate uh, for – I, it's a good cause for kidney research. Um, they need money, and um, it all goes to a good cause. It's tax deductible. Um, she'll share the link on River City Media's Facebook. Absolutely. Um, and so if y'all will donate $5, $10, $100, $500, whatever you can afford, uh, it goes to a good cause, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, and, you know, while it's not the same, you and I have a close mutual friend, my best friend in the world, who was a, a, a receiver of a recent organ transplant. We don't support those causes and the kidney research and mm-hmm. other things enough. And, and yeah, we're proud. We'll, we'll definitely be talking about Allison in the future. And we need to do more of that kind of stuff, guys. Uh, we want to we wanna be a part of the community, too. And I can't wait to do our first live remote and pack a bar out. So that's all. Yes, yes. Three R Sports is, is we have bought a bar sponsorship. And so we are supporting it. So we're not asking you to guys to do anything that we we are not doing ourselves. Yep. All Good right. Point. Rog, do you have any more final words? Or, Robbie, you got anything to add? That's it. it I, I missed you guys last week. I had serious FOMO. I was just like, I, I wonder what they're talking about. I wonder what they're doing. I, I wanted to prepare. Um, it, it, this is, 
I enjoy doing it, and thanks for having me on, as always. In an hour and a half goes in like five minutes. I mean, it, it just seems like we get started. So, all right, guys, until next Tuesday, I will be posting well, the day of the interview with Coach Benefield. I'll post well if, ahead of time. If, if either of y'all want to come to the lake this weekend, you're both invited. So I, I'm single for a little while. You never know where I might show up. Oh, sweet. All right, guys. Everybody, right. thank you again from 3Rs from River City. We are out. Peace.